Let's turn with me to Second Second uh, Corinthians tonight, chapter number nine. If you're able to tonight, out of respect for the Word of God, let's stand for the reading of the Word of God. Second Corinthians, chapter number nine. I want to thank you as a pastor for being here. Your presence means a lot to the Lord, and it means a lot to your pastor. And I'll tell you, a lot of times when I when I look around and I see folks, and I realize things happen, but when when I look around, my heart is, boy, they're missing it. And I'm glad you're here to get it. There's just nothing, you know, we've, we put things on the website and so on. There's just nothing like being there. Ever had somebody tell you a story about something and, it, and they're all excited about it because they were there and they're trying to tell you and you're just looking at them like, okay, whatever. And uh, you'd have had to been there. And I'm glad you're here tonight. And so tonight I want to take a look at a passage here. I've entitled the message... As uh, God led me to this portion of Scripture, God has a plan. God has a plan. And just three verses tonight out of chapter 9, 2 Corinthians, beginning in verse number 6. The Bible says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Let's pray tonight. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Bless the message, Lord, and help us to be men and women of great faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's Word. You know, when I think about God's plan, it's easy for me to stand up here as a preacher of the gospel to talk about God's plan because I'm not up here trying to toot my own horn. I'm up here just sharing with you what God has given to us. And for many of us, this may be repetition, but I know this, repetition is the key to learning. I think about this matter of having faith. You know, exercising your faith in this area of giving. And a lot of times it sounds easy, but it's a much more difficult thing to do is this area of giving because of our human nature. Uh, There's a lot of great examples of faith in the Word of God. The Bible says in Romans 4, it talks about the man we know as Abraham. And I love what the Bible says in verse 20, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he, what God had promised, that he, God, was able also to perform. In other words, Abraham, somewhere in his life, learned in every area that everything God said he would do, Abraham learned to trust God. Uh, You see this same man in Genesis 22 where God asked him to do something really kind of very strange. He 
wants him to take his son, the promised son, the one he waited all his life for, and he says, I want you to take your son, and I want you to go up to a, a place that I've appointed, and it's at that spot that I want you to offer your son up to me. He never argued with God. Matter of fact, he was obedient to what the Lord asked him to do. He's making the journey. His son, who I don't believe was a young boy, his son says, uh, Father, we have the fire and we have the wood, but where's the sacrifice? His son knew that there had to be a sacrifice. They constructed the altar and he took his son and he laid his son on that altar. But I remember the words that he said to his son. He says, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. He said, I don't know how it's going to work. But by faith, I believe it. God's going to make it happen. A lot of times we want to see how it's all going to work out before we're willing to do what God has asked us to do. Folks, that's not called faith. That's called sight. God wants us to live a life of faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And that's the way God wants us to live. If you want to please God, then you need to learn to live by faith. Clearly, we see this as Paul is writing to those in 2 Corinthians and those that were there in the church in Corinth. And by the way, if you think that the church in Corinth was a, was a, 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 a monumental church of, of tremendous great Christians, the reality is you studied out, the church in Corinth was, was uh, very new believers in Christ and they came with a, a lot of baggage. Any of you, when you got saved, came with some baggage? I know I did. You know, and from time to time, if we're not careful, we'll try to pick up that baggage and still carry it around with us. But he's, he's writing to them in chapter number 9 in these verses. He tells them, he says, look, he that soweth sparingly, the word there means little. It, it, you know, you sow a little. Uh, here's a good word, stingy. Some people are like that. The offering plate comes by, they put a dollar in. Oh, what a sacrifice, you know? But he says, look, if you're going to sow sparingly, then guess what you're going to reap sparingly? But he says, boy, if you sow bountifully, he says, you're going to reap. The word bountifully means with blessings. How many of you would say, I'm not talking money, it could be. How many of you would say that you are blessed of God? The reality is if you didn't raise your hand and you're here tonight and you're breathing, you're blessed of God, right? Every one of us, if we were truthful, we are blessed of God. And the Bible says that if we sow bountifully, then guess what's going to happen? We're going to reap bountifully. Now, to me, it seems pretty simple. You know, little sowing Guess what you're going to reap? Little. But if you, if you sow bountifully, you, you plant bountifully, you give bountifully, you're going to reap 
bountifully. Now, the, the mo our motive is not to give, to get. But God has promised in his word. Matter of fact, he says it here. Every man according as he purposeth, and here's the key, in his heart. See, everything, all the issues of life come from the heart. You know, when a person is stingy with their giving, there's a problem in the heart. But guess what? When somebody gives bountifully, that means their heart is so full. God is so blessed. And they just, look, the Bible says, God loveth a cheerful. How does somebody get to be a cheerful giver? Because they realize, God has blessed me beyond measure. And I can't, listen, I can't, I've tried, I can't outgive God. And Paul is trying to help them understand that when it comes to giving, he's talking to them about this matter of an offering, a faith offering, and we call it faith promise, missions giving, if you want to call it that. He's telling them, and, and God's word is instructing us, that this is a biblical program, and God has designed this program to finance this matter of worldwide evangelization. In other words, to get the gospel not only around this area, but around the world. See, every church, regardless of the size of the church, and every individual, regardless of what their income is, everyone can participate. Everyone can be a part of this matter of giving to missions. It's God's people making a commitment to give so that the gospel would go around the world. Look, there's no doubt when I talk to people, I know people, I know how their job situation and their income and so on, the, this, this matter of the economic situation of people certainly is one that is very diverse. But I think all of us can agree on one thing. We all have one thing in common, or we should, and that is that we believe in what Brother Jeff preached about last night, and that is the Great Commission. To go, win, baptize, and teach. God's given this to the church, and we need to take God's word and get involved in what I believe is the greatest business in all the world, and that is preaching the gospel to everyone. Look at the Bible says in Mark 16, he says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Folks, listen, this ought to be our number one priority in our lives is to help the gospel get around the world. There was a story about a uh, department store, and I really don't know why, but uh, this department store had a live monkey that they kept in the department store in a cage, and after hours, they locked up the store, and the monkey, I guess, had gotten smart, and he figured out how to get out of his cage. So he got out of his cage, and he was going around the store when none of the employees, no customers were in the store, and he was going from de department to department to department, and what he was doing was he was taking price tags off of things and he was moving it to something else and then he would take that price tag and move it to something else. And it was amazing because when the store opened the next day, they found that there was a piano in the store that was priced at $1.98. And then they noticed as they were walking by, there was a, a candy display and there was a, a price tag on that one piece of candy, $6,000. And it was amazing because it didn't take long for somebody to realize that someone had gone through the store and changed the price tags. But you know, in the United States of America, it's been far too long 
that it's taken us to realize that someone has changed the price tags. What I mean by that tonight is this, is that the things that we value, the things that you and I hold dear should be at the bottom of our priority list and the things that we ignore are the things that should be at the top of our priority list. As born-again believers, our priorities should be based out of the Word of God. We should have biblical priorities. If you study the Word of God and you start in the very first book, the book of Genesis, and you go all the way to the book of Revelation, the last book in the New Testament, you find in the Word of God that the priority of God's Word is this. It is to make God known to this world. That's what the Bible teaches us, that all the world may know. That's what David said when he stood there, when that loudmouth uh, Goliath was defying the army of Israel, and David said, hey, listen, and he says, I'm going to take care of you so that all the world would know that there is a God in heaven. And that's exactly what you and I need to do, is make sure that in our area and around the world, that everyone has an opportunity to know our God, the God of, of the Bible. You see, in the Word of God, God's given us a plan. God's given us principles and how God wants this matter of making himself known to this world. He's given us the opportunity to, to, to have this endeavor. And I want you to see tonight God's plan. Notice, first of all, the principles of God's plan. Look back in verse number 6 again. The Bible says here, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Now, what Paul is talking about here is he is saying under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that giving and receiving is just like sowing and reaping. If you study the Word of God, those that sow, they expect to reap. Let me say that again. If a farmer sows seed, he expects to reap something out of it. Those who give, according to the Word of God, should expect to receive. See, there are some principles that God gives. Let me give them to you quickly tonight. Notice the first principle of God's plan. We reap what we sow. We reap what we sow. Uh, you know, if you sow beans, then guess what you're going to reap? Beans. If you sow corn, guess what you're going to reap? corn, right? And if you sow the gospel, guess what you're going to reap? Souls, right? You see, we need to understand that we reap what we sow. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If we're planning to reap eternal rewards, then what we need to do is be sowing that which is eternal. We need to make sure we're giving the gospel out. See, we reap what we sow. Notice, secondly, the next principle is we reap more than we sow. We reap more than we sow. You know, if you look at this, uh, this is an ear of corn. That's not real, but it's, it, it's, it looks good enough. How many, how many kernels of corn do you see on this ear of corn? Now, you know, out of curiosity, how many, how many kernels of corn would I have to put in the ground to have at least one ear of corn? One kernel, right? 
And I read that they estimate that one ear of corn, and most of us know that a stalk of corn has more than one ear of corn on it. And they estimate that on each ear of corn that there is between 500 and 1,200 kernels. They say the average is 800 per ear of corn. But you put one kernel in the ground. I want you to see the principle tonight when it comes to giving and missions is the principle is we reap more than we sow. The Word of God teaches us that we receive much more than we give. Some people say that money doesn't go very far, but can I tell you that when money will be given to missions, it'll go farther than you ever thought it would before. It's amazing how God can take something and He can multiply it. You see, the first principle of God's plan is we reap what we sow. The second one is we reap more than we sow. Look at the third one. We reap in proportion as to how we sow. Now, again, think about this. I'm not a farmer. I've never been a farmer, but a lot of this just makes complete, perfect sense to me when I think about how we reap in proportion as to how we sow. The person that sows the most, guess what he does? He reaps the most. For instance, if a guy goes out and he plants one row of corn and a neighbor of his goes out and plants an entire acre of corn, who's going to reap more? Yeah, the guy that planted the acre. So the principle is we reap in proportion as to how we sow. If we're going to reap more, then guess what we have to do? We have to plant more. If we're going to see souls saved, We've got to get involved more in the area of missions. We can't just say, hey, we're going to just sow sparingly. We want to sow bountifully. How many of you want to see people get saved this year? Right? Well, the only way that's going to happen is if we're sowing bountifully because we reap in proportion as to how we sow. If we're going to receive more in eternity, we've got to be doing more while we're here on this earth. It's very important that we see this. And if we do more for God while we're on this earth, can I tell you that someday when you're in the presence of God, you'll have no regrets for what you did for for Christ. You'll be glad that you were involved in missions giving. Look, we do not give in order to receive, but God promises that if we give, we will. That's the promise of God. We will receive. So the principle is, look at it, we reap what we sow, we reap more than we sow, we reap in proportion as to how we sow, but look at the fourth principle, we reap after we sow. You see, you watch farmers a lot of times, they, they, they will, if, if we expect to reap in the fall, then guess what we have to do? We have to sow in the spring. You know, he goes out there in the spring and he starts to turn over the ground, he starts to put the seed in the ground in the spring, and when the fall comes, because he sowed in the, in, the, in the spring, he's got a harvest in the fall. It's so important that we see that we reap after. A lot of people, here's what they want to do. They want first to receive and then to give. That's the way most people think. It's kind of like a farmer that stood up in a prayer meeting at a church, and he stood up in this meeting, and he says to the pastor in the presence of all the people, he said, Pastor, please pray for me. Pray that God will give me a good crop. Pastor, if God would give me a good crop, then I'm going to begin to plant some seed. 
Now, people laugh, but how ridiculous that is. Look, that farmer and every one of us need to understand that we can pray all we want, but if we do not plant something first, we can never expect to reap something later, right? Makes perfect sense. God is, is giving us clear direction here, the principles of his plan. If we're going to receive from God, then what do we have to do? We have to give to God first. If you want to receive blessings from God, then be a part of giving to God's plan. We give from what we have. And listen, as we give from what we have, you know what God does? God gives from his resources. And last time I checked, God doesn't need our money. God has riches untold. But I want you to look at a couple of verses. Look at this, Luke 6.38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom with the same measure that you meet with all. It shall be measured to you again. And just look, did you notice the sequence? Look at it again. Here's the sequence. Give, and it shall be given. Let's say that. Give, and it shall be given. So look, do you receive it and then give? No. You give and it shall be given. Look at the next verse there. I want you to notice that if we are to receive from God, we must first give to God. Malachi 3.10, look at, the, look at the verse here. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, the church house, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now again, look at the sequence. I want you to look at the verse. Because again, the sequence is the same. What does it say? We bring our tithes and our offerings to the Lord, and then what happens? God opens up the windows of heaven. You see, we do what God has given us to do. We give, and it shall be given. We, we, we tithe, we bring the tithes into the storehouse, and what does God do? God opens the windows of heaven. Are you with me tonight? Are you all awake tonight? Okay, I'm just sharing Bible tonight, so don't be mad at me. It's the Word of God. But I want you to see this. Look, look, and some of you aren't seeing it yet, so I want to show you another one because, again, the sequence stays the same. Look in Proverbs 3 there in your notes. Look at verse number 9. The Bible says, honor, this is man's responsibility, honor the Lord with thy what? Substance and with the first fruits of how much of your increase? All of it. Every last bit of it. The first fruits of all thine increase. Anything that comes into your house... God says, look, you honor me with that. He says, with all your increase, the first fruit. Now, that's man's responsibility. Remember, look here. He says, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, and God will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. The Bible says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Look at the sequence is the same way. Man's responsibility, what is he supposed to do? Honor the Lord with all thy substance, with the first fruits of all thine increase. Now look at verse number 10, because here's the promise of God. If we do what God has given us to do, in verse number 10, so shall thy barns be what? Filled with what? Yeah, you look here, you can, you, you're going to need more barns. God says, look, you, you're not going to be able to handle everything I can give to you. I get so tired of hearing Christians saying, God doesn't love me. God doesn't take care of me. Listen, are you following the sequence? Because God says, look, you give and I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Look, folks, I'm telling you tonight, 
it is no secret because God's told us in his word, give and it shall be given unto you. How many of you think God's good at keeping his promises? I think he is. God's never let one promise of his fall to the ground. And the Bible says here that man's responsibility is to honor the Lord with the first fruits of all thine increase. And the promise of God is that our barns will be filled with plenty and our presses shall burst out with new wine. The sequence is the same. Honor God and guess what's going to happen? He's going to bless you. That's what the Bible says. So the key here is we reap after we sow. But a lot of Christians, you know what they're doing? They're waiting until they can afford to give to God. That's what they're doing. They're waiting until they can afford it. But the truth is, we can't afford not to give to God. We need to make sure that we're a part of what God wants us to do. And these simple principles here, listen, they will work in any geographical location, in any generation. They will work in Japan. They will work in Ghana. They will work in Ohio. They'll work anywhere because it is God's plan. It's not my plan. It's what God has designed to get the word of God, to get the gospel around the world. See, the principles of God's plan, you know what those principles are? Sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. The more we sow, the more we reap. The more we give, the more souls will come to know Christ as their Savior. Everybody with me so far? All right, look at the second point. Because I see not only in God's plan the principles But there's a purpose. Look at verse number 7. Go back to our passage here. Verse number 7. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth what kind of giver? Cheerful. I love this verse here because the word purposeth. As your pastor, I've I've been instructing you, sharing with you, showing you the card asking you to pray. We had a prayer time uh, last week about this matter of our missions conference, and and we've been making this the focus of what we're doing. What I've been doing, look, as a Christian is I've been trying to purpose it in my heart. That means to, 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 to choose beforehand. In other words, to come to this missions conference saying, look, I, Lord, I may not know the amount that you want to lay on my heart, but I'm choosing beforehand, whatever it is, I want to be a part of worldwide missions. Now look at the words that he says along with this, because while we're purposing in our heart, while we're choosing beforehand, God says, look, when you give, he says, I don't want you to do it grudgingly. That, the word there means out of sorrow. I, sometimes I see the offering plates pass and Somebody puts something in, and I watch them as they, bye, Ben. You know, it's like, sometimes I wonder if there's a a string attached to it to where it gets part of what, you know, Brother Richie might try that, I don't know, you know. But, But he says here, look, not grudgingly or of necessity. This word is an interesting word here. I give you a little picture of what it's like. It's like, he says, look, it shouldn't, when you give, it shouldn't be like pulling teeth. I mean, be like the dentist. Can I get a witness? That's what I thought. But guess what? When it's time to give, it's not like going to the dentist. We're giving to God. Our giving is going to yield souls. People are going to get to know Christ. They'll get to hear the love of God 
if we don't do it grudgingly out of sorrow and if we don't do it of necessity because he says here, God loves a cheerful giver. The word is hilaros. God loves someone who, who just thinks it's hilarious to give. Listen, I get to give. Look, you don't have to give. And from time to time, I, I hear people say, and I, I try my best, sometimes I'll let it slip out too. But listen, folks, we don't take an offering. We receive an offering. You know, when you take something, it's totally different than when you receive it. You know, I get this picture in my mind where we've got our ushers with guns. <laughs> and they stand there like, nope, not enough, put some more in. That's taking an offering. For the guy, don't try that. God loves a cheerful giver. Look, what he is saying here, when you think about the purpose, what is the purpose of God's plan? Well, he says it right here in verse number seven. It's to supply the needs. Look, Brother Jeff, he is not independently wealthy. Brother Ryan, just look at him. He doesn't have anything. <laughs> he needs someone to supply his needs Listen, not so that he can go out and live a lavish life. He needs somebody to provide so that he can go to Ohio and do a work for God. That he can take the gospel. He can take the seed of the word of God so that people can hear what you and I have been privileged to hear on a weekly basis. That that's the purpose. The purpose is so that they can go and preach the gospel. But I love what it says in verse number 7. Look at it again. In case you missed it, what's the first two words of verse 7? Every man. Now, ladies, that's all-inclusive gender. All the women are going, uh-huh, you, not me. God says, every man, every one of us, God expects every person. Listen now, he expects, God expects every person to give something. Look, it's not about, you know, hey, the wealthy can give because they have it. No, 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 no. God's plan is that everyone should give something. No one is too rich to give and no one is too poor to give. When you study the word of God, here's what you find is young people should give. Children should give. Elderly should give. Even if they're on a fixed income, they all should give. Everyone should give. And the Bible says, every man according as he purposeth in his heart. You know what that means? That means that our hearts need to be moved towards the lost. You have to care. You know, you'll give to something if you care about it, right? But if you don't care, hey, I don't want to give to that. Why should I give to that? I don't care about them. I don't care about that cause. Listen, I can't think of a greater cause than people coming to know Christ as their Savior. The Bible says, as he purposeth in his heart. Uh, we sing the song, rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Look, Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. We can't save people, but God will save them. Some say they don't believe in making promises. You know, we're talking about faith, promise, missions, giving. Oh, I don't believe in making promises. Really, do you have a car? When you got that car, did you take a loan out? You bought a house, make a payment, that's a promise. People say, I, you know, I don't believe. Folks, we make promises all the time. We pay the house payment, we pay the car payment. Hey, listen, 
One day, the house and the car, guess what? They're not going to be here anymore. Only what's done for Christ will last. So we've got to get this eternal view in mind, God's view in mind. And if we believe something is important, then we won't hesitate to make that promise. And what we're talking about tonight and last night and Sunday and Saturday night is the most important thing in the world. And that is to get the gospel to the entire world, to everyone. See, missions is so important that we should earnestly, and I hope you have been, seeking the face of the Lord in determining, God, what would you have me to give in this area of missions? See, God has a plan. His plan is sowing and reaping, and God has a purpose, and His purpose is to get the gospel to the regions beyond. But look at, I love this, look at verse number 8, I see the provision for God's plan. (laughs) Look at these words, and... God is what? Say it. God is what? Say it like you mean it. God is what? Yeah, dunamis. Power. Might. Strength. Say, God, I can't. That's right. You can't. He can. See, when we can't do it, when we don't know how we're going to come up with it, when we don't know where it's going to come from, the Bible says... God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. You remember what David said? David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. But God, if I give, if I give to missions, I won't be able to pay my bills. I won't be able to eat. God says, you just give. Because if you give, I'm able. Listen, he will take care of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Folks, we need to see the provision for God's plan. God's Look, we, we have to see this is that God is able and God is sufficient. God's not asking us to give to him so that God would be richer. And God's not asking us to give so that, uh, in other words, that maybe we might think in our minds, well, maybe God's not capable of doing things for himself. Look, you know what God is doing when he's asking us to give to worldwide missions? God is testing our faith. He's testing us with what we already have. And he's going to do that because, look, folks, if we pass that test, then what God's going to do is he's going to place more in our hands. God's going to give us a greater opportunity. To whom much is given, much is required. What are you doing with what you have? Are you being faithful with what God's given to you? How much are you doing so that people can know the Lord is their Savior. You see, God is testing us. And remember, God doesn't need our resources. The Bible says in Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Look, God's resources are unlimited. God doesn't have any needs tonight. He promises, listen, His promises do not depend on the economy of our nation. They're wholly dependent upon God's unlimited resources. A promise of God, what is it? Here it is. If you will purpose in your heart, as the Bible says, if you will purpose to give, then according to verse number 8, God is able to give unto you. And why would God do that? So that you and I would be able to give to others. Look what it says again in verse number 8. 
that we may abound to every good work. If we desire to be a cheerful giver, to be a part of God's plan and understand the purpose of God and God provides for us as we enter into that plan of God, God will give to us so that you and I will be able to give to every good work. You know what I think about these missionaries that are with us and the other missionaries we already support? That every missionary really is a faith missionary. Some of you, you go to work and you, you make a salary and you get X amount of dollars and you know that if you go in and work 40 hours, you're going to get paid X amount of dollars. But a missionary is one that's not guaranteed a salary. You see, by faith, they depend on churches like ours to support them. Many times they have no contact other than maybe a letter, phone call, something like that. They are by faith, they are serving God. And God, has, as he has called them, Brother Jimmy talked about his call tonight and how God placed that on Sarah's heart years before that and how God worked all that out and how they sat there. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. The Pax didn't sit there and went, wow, wasn't that just awesome? How that just, what luck that that just worked out that way. No, that was God. That was God working all things together. God was bringing things together in their hearts that he had already. But look, God has a plan, and his plan for financing. Listen, how are these missionaries going to get to the field? It is God using the resources, his resources, through his people. That's where we come in. That's our part. You see, they're going. And what we can do is we can support them. We can be there for them. We can pray for them and we can give. The question tonight is, will you get involved in God's plan of getting the gospel around the world, giving to missions? Look, folks, it is the king's business. The king of kings business. And you know what the Bible says? The king's business requires haste. No one knows when the last day, when the trump will sound. It could be tomorrow. And only those that have been saved before the Lord comes back. We who are saved, we know the truth. And it's important for us to be involved in God's plan while there's still time. I love Psalm 126, verses 5 and 6. There have been some verses that just resonate in my heart and in my ears all the time. And in case you forgot these verses, the Bible says, they that sow, remember the plan of God, sowing and reaping? They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bring, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. These missionaries, folks, if we have an opportunity to get behind them financially and to send them out to Japan and to Ohio and to Ghana and to the U.S. military, they may be back here in three years, two years, five years, and stand up here and say, let me tell you about Joe that got saved. Let me tell you about this family that now knows Christ as their Savior. 
Let me tell you about the scores of people that now have a home in heaven because you cared enough to give so that we could go. You see, God has a plan, and God's given the purpose. And God says, look, if you just do what I ask you to do, I will provide. You know why? Because God is able. Let's bow our heads tonight with our heads bowed. I wonder tonight, I don't want to extend a lengthy invitation, but if God has spoken to you, and I, I believe God really honestly should have spoken to every Christian tonight, but if there's something that God has spoken to you about, about being a part of missions giving, about the need for the souls to be saved, whatever it is tonight that God has spoken to you about, Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. The piano begins to play tonight. If God's speaking to you about something, why don't you come tonight and say, God, I understand your plan. Just go ahead and come tonight if God's already been speaking to your heart. Understand that God has a purpose. and God's purpose is to get the gospel out. And you know who God wants to use to get the gospel out? You and me. Maybe you come tonight and say, Lord, I, I don't know how much I can do, but with your help, I want to sow bountifully. Last year, I gave to missions. I didn't give much, but Lord, you convicted me that I, I really just gave stingy to you. I didn't give of all my increase. I didn't give the first fruit. Listen, I'm going to tell you tonight, if you want to be a happy Christian, a happy Christian is a blessed Christian, and a blessed Christian is an obedient Christian. Why don't you let God bless you? Why don't you let Him open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you can't receive it, that your barns will be filled? Oh, we've been blessed. The problem is in America, I fear that we have been too blessed. We need to remember where those blessings come from. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above. God has been so good to us. And so if you're here tonight at the altar or there in your seat, why don't you right now with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just take a moment. Say, Lord, help me to be a part of your plan. Help me to understand the purpose. Help me to care that there are people dying and going out into a Christless eternity. And help me to see that even though you've asked me to be a part of it, that you will provide if I just trust you by faith. Lord, thank you for these couple days that we've had. Thank you for allowing your word to shift our focus off of ourselves, off of what we can get out of life. 
Lord, help us to be a cheerful giver. And I think the secret lies in that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And help us to understand and live by faith, trust you in every area, so that more people can come to know Christ. For it's in Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen.